You're listening to audio, where music meets the weird, the strange, and the unusual. about the Nazca. The Nazca lines are a collection of biomorphs and geoglyphs that were etched into the sand of the Nazca Desert in pre-Incan southern Peru, somewhere between 500 BC and 500 AD. Covering roughly 200 square miles, they're best seen from the air due to their massive scale. They feature straight lines that are up to 30 miles long, plus a number of shapes and about 70 depictions of plants, animals, and unidentifiable images. The drawings also feature humanoid figures, including one nicknamed the Astronaut, because it depicts a humanoid wearing what looks like a helmet and raising its arm in what looks like salutation. Now let's meet Quill. Hailing from Salem, Massachusetts, Quill is a multi-talented singer, songwriter, musician whose electro-acoustic style draws on a range of genres, including electronic, roots, indie, jazz, and soul. He performs solo or with a band, incorporating live instrumentation blended with electronic soundscapes and groove-based rhythms. He has been described as passionate and metaphorical by the Keep Walking Music blog, and his work has been called Dreamy Roots Music by the Boston Globe. He's with us today to discuss his work and the Nazca. Hi, Quill. Thanks for joining us. It's nice to have you here. Hi. Yeah, great to be here. I love your music. It's. Thanks. I definitely feel a spiritual connection uh, when I listen to your, to your work. How did you start off as a musician? My family, I had musicians in my family and, um, you know, one of my uncles, for instance, who's a beautiful guitar player, speaking of being mesmerized, you know, he would, at the time he was living with my grandparents, I I spent a lot of time at my my grandparents' house growing up and uh, whenever he would play and practice in, in his room, I just would be completely mesmerized and I could sit and listen to him for hours. So how old were you when you first uh, picked up an instrument? At my grandparents' house, my grandfather had a bunch of different instruments, guitar, trumpet, and upright bass, and piano, and all that. And he let me explore all of those. So as a little kid, I was 
you know, had always been tinkering around with, with different instruments. And it wasn't, wasn't until middle school that I had taken some guitar lessons. Um, but I had already been writing songs and just trying to experiment with, with, you know, piano, especially, um, as, as a little kid, you know, and then middle school, it was when you actually started thinking, Hey, you know, this music thing is something that I feel like I might want to do. I already knew that it's what I wanted to do when I was young, you know, before that with taking lessons in middle school, it was more about, Hey, let me try to figure out how to play uh, sweet child of mine by guns and roses. I want to play that, (laughs) you know, that guitar lick, you know, actually figuring out how to play the guitar a little bit more than, um, than kind of the basic chords, which I had learned a little bit previous to, uh, to taking lessons. When did you start writing music? Mm first song that I had written, I was in fifth grade. I was in a music class. My my teacher, uh, Mr. Stackpole, just super cool guy. He like, just the way that he communicated about music, I really was understanding how he would, you know, kind of explain it. And, you know, one of the things that I remember him talking about was a conversation, having a conversation. So, you know, uh, where we all had a uh, had like xylophones and we were, you know, tinkering around with that. And basically he kind of got us into like, all right, we're, we're going to have a conversation, you know, someone's going to say something and then you're going to answer to that. Uh, so he was really, what he was teaching was really resonating with me. I was feeling really inspired. Um, and I got up after music class, it was the end of the day. And I, in music class was actually, um, on a, in the auditorium. So I was on the stage and I just started making up the song, which I always did. I, without even knowing I was right, I was just, you know, just sing and make up words. And he said, Hey, what, what's that song you're singing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just making it up. He's like, well, that's cool. Let me, let me record that. But he just kind of lit a little fire in me that got me like, huh, what, what was I just doing? So I went home that night and I wrote this song called, uh, live in a new world. Was it like a message? Like, where did that come from? You think? I think, I think it was coming through me because I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just singing, you know, it was just happening. Yeah. And that happens to writers a lot. Sometimes it's like you are being sent a message and your job is to actually document it as quickly as possible before it disappears again into the ether. Yeah. Where does where do your lyrics usually come from for your music now? I write lyrics through my own personal experience, but I feel that um, as you're kind of saying that it's, it's coming through me. So it's, it's, you know, it's something that, uh, if it's a phrase, even if it doesn't maybe make sense at first, you know, I'll, I'll still try to like put it out and, and, and let it come through and, and see how it makes sense. And maybe, you know, I, I write a lyric that, you know, uh, I don't really understand until even way later. I think it's interesting that you talk about how, you know, your first or one of your first teachers talked about conversation Mm. when it comes to, you know, playing an instrument and how instruments can converse. Uh, But it also talks to how, you know, you're hearing something, you're receiving messages somehow that you're translating then into music as well. How does your family keep influencing you with your music uh, as you've progressed 
into the musician that you are today? Mm. Well, growing up, you know, my family was always a part of creating. My mom is a, is a, a painter. She was always singing around the house. So it's something that was, was definitely just in my family. And, and it just, everything kind of went hand in hand. You know, you were, you, you cared about your family and your friends, and you also cared about what you're creating. Um, now in, in my life, I have two sons. Well, I remember a time when I, when I had my first son and, and I was, you know, still just struggling, you know, financially trying to, you know, get by. And I remember someone saying to me one time, like, Oh, you know, you know, you got kids on the way and you're going to have to, you know, really buckle down and get a, you know, get a real job and whatnot. And there was a time where I was a little, I was definitely confused in like what I was going to do because I knew I, I needed to do something. But there was a profound moment that came before my first son was born, which was music is a part of who I am and I need to fully embrace that. And I've I've really stuck with that. Like, I don't, I don't feel that when I'm, for instance, like when I'm on stage or, you know, that I, that I go by, a, a, a you know, an artist name that that's like a dual personality. It's all one in the same. I'm, I'm who I am on stage as who I am at home. So that's all connected. And therefore my experiences with my family, and that could just be hanging out at the park with my, you know, with my family or, uh, or, or being away and traveling. Um, it all transcends through as well as spiritually too. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I just kind of stay open in my, you know, through each moment there's, you know, what's happening in this, you know, in, in this time that's, uh, in this present moment and also like what's happening metaphysically, spiritually, it's, it's all kind of happening together. So here we are, you know, in this physical space where you are now, you know, you're a dad and, you know, the person who sort of helped you begin this journey, your grandfather, mm -hmm. your uncle, how are they still involved. I'll tell you a story. Basically, a couple of years out of graduating high school, I had really put a lot of focus into playing out professionally, hitting the road, getting my music out. I had been doing that for about three or four years. I had been touring. It was super fun. Um, also, I was completely super broke. My grandfather um, wouldn't sick and he, he ended up, he, he had passed away. Right before that, he had the pleasure of seeing you perform and knew that you were doing your thing. Actually, yes. And, and, and also in that time frame, uh, I had made a, um, a four-song EP that I had put on, on a cassette tape, professionally duplicated cassette tape that I had given my grandfather and oh, so, beautiful. yeah, so he had an opportunity to really see, you know, what I was doing and hear the yeah. music that I was writing. And, and there was so much, you know, so much momentum at the time, um, that it, it was great that he had an opportunity to experience that. And so this cassette tape that I had given him, you know, fast forward a, a, a couple of years, he had passed and my grandfather had played upright bass was one of the instruments he was also a multi-instrumentalist and he um 
when he had passed, my grandmother had given me his upright bass. And um, I, as soon as I had the bass, I just started writing on it. And, and when you yeah. when you say you were writing on it, mm-hmm. you mean you were utilizing the bass in your songwriting session? Exactly. Yes, I started to write music with that, uh, you know, writing songs, which was transforming just how I was approaching everything. Really, um, it, I just yeah, it was it was really uh, you know I, I was very inspired. Now I'm playing upright bass. Upright bass ended up being a primary instrument for me. I got this gig. Uh, it was a really strange gig. I was basically playing in the in the the hallway of a physical fitness club while greeting the the people coming in. And I'm thinking, you know, what direction am I going here? You know, I was filled with doubt. And I got a phone call from my aunt who was has always been a spiritual guide throughout my life. So she called and said, you know, hey, how's it going? Do you, do you have a second to, uh, to talk? And I said, well, I'm, I'm just about to play a gig, but yeah, what, what's up? She said, well, um, I, I went over to, uh, to um, you know, to Nana and Gramps house. She said, I went into, the, uh, into their car. I had to run to the store and I saw this cassette tape that had your name on it. And so I put it into the stereo. And uh, so this is the cassette tape that I given my grandfather when 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 he was alive, and she said, um, so I listened to one side, and then I flipped the tape, and then I listened to the other side. When it got to the end of the tape, uh, Grampy recorded a message for you, and he wanted to tell you that you got to keep on going in music. Oh. And still to this day, wow. I, I have the tape, and that's uh, on that on that cassette tape also were uh, three feathers. A feather has always been a symbol for me and a spiritual symbol. And 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 so that's kind of where the name Quill wow. kind of comes from is it's, uh, you know, the foundation of, of my dreams. That's you beautiful. Know. Talk about divine timing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, you're you're in a weird space, literally (laughs) and sort of professionally right yeah and just at that time where that question mark pops up your aunt sends you a message which is really like a message within a message from your grandfather yeah and and that was sort of motivated by you giving your grandfather a message Mm. you know which is hey i'm i'm ready for the world this is what i'm doing in the world this is who i am he comes back and he says you know keep at it and it's you got that message at the right time you know it's just a great connection to the topic that we're going to talk about today actually um you know we're talking about ancient civilizations which you know quite honestly ancestors where do we come from? And we look at a lot of civilizations. Sometimes we don't know what we're seeing. You know, there might be some messages there for us. One thing that comes to mind are uh, the Nazca lines, an ancient culture called the Nazca. You know, when we talk about our ancestors and we talk about messaging, who are they making these drawings for? Because if these drawings are seen best from the air... Who was up in the air? Right. Who was up in the sky that needed to see these drawings? 
we have all these like books, you know, we have authors that talk about these things. Um, Zachariah Sitchin was one of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yep. The 12th planet. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, that's, I'm, I'm reading that currently and it's just blowing my mind how there's all of these connections with, um, you know, just what we've been talking about. And the 12th yeah. planet was, was, what was that about? Every, I, I believe, I, I might have the number wrong, but I believe that every 3,500 years, the 12th planet, which also orbits around the sun, comes close enough to the earth that the astronauts from the 12th planet can actually get to earth Mm-hmm. And so they and and had, I think that that twelfth planet is called Nibiru or something like that. Yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I believe that that's it. And they landed on Earth, and and basically that's the um, well in Zachariah's, um, you know, what he is, what he's saying is that the basically that was the beginning of the Homo sapien. Us. <laughs> the, yeah. So through you know the the twelfth planet, the yeah. Um, yeah. Like they um, that they somehow engineered us mm-hmm. to do something. Basically, yep. they, according to Sitchin, or is it Stitchin? Sitchin, Stitchin. I think it's Sitchin. Sitchin, S-I-T- Zachariah Sitchin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He called them the Anunnaki, mm-hmm. and they created us to basically dig and mine for gold, which right. is in abundance on our planet because they needed the gold, like they needed gold dust or something to put into their atmosphere because they're like, their planet is dying or there was something going like really wonky. So they needed that gold really badly and they needed a lot of it. So basically that's the idea. Like we're just kind of like worker bees for the Anunnaki. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the, the book is really mind blowing. Yeah. Uh So it's kind of like some sort of life, threatening crisis that brought them here then it kind of goes on to talk about how there's like a connection between the anunnaki and like the gods or god of the old testament and again if if you're like uh in a certain time where you're not really up on a lot of the science and the technology that we are and you see you know dudes coming from the sky in these big vehicles and you're like you don't know what that is you might call those people gods right right for sure and and another interesting fact which is you know the book kind of starts out in, in saying where you know humans became homo sapiens or or became humans and that that transformation how it seemed to happen so so quick. That book is is definitely a, a mind opener. You know, it gets you to really get outside of the box. You know, of of you know way of thinking. Nowadays, we understand the idea of DNA and genetic modification. What if these Anunnaki people knew that and were like even more advanced than we are today, where they could introduce some sort of genetic modification to maybe some humanoids that had already been on this planet to create homo sapiens or to help us evolve into something more along the lines of what they needed to advance their goals. And there's also that sort of connection between, you know, the stories in the Old Testament about the, the Nephilim, right? 
mm-hmm. which is what Sitchin also talks about. I think he refers right. to them as Nephilim, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Fallen yep. angels, or, you know, that's what they call them, uh, right. beings from somewhere else uh, who came here and then ended up mating with, you know, the folks that were here. And then their offspring were giants. I mean, that's like in the Bible. So that's yep. kind of like a historical yep. fact. That's yep. not fiction. That there right. are these huge people. I mean, there's right. even the story of David and Goliath, which is not like a metaphor. That was an actual mm. thing, an actual event. Mm. So there is like a race or like a, a group somehow or a society right. or some, pe- some reason these people were like super tall. And right. the understanding at that time was because their ancestors were actually, some of them were not of this earth. So right. maybe that is right. the connection when we think about, well, who were those Nazca lines drawn for? Yeah. You know, was it for, you know, those folks that were coming down and sort of teaching us and helping us evolve into something higher, you know, taking us to a certain place? Maybe that was part of their mandate go get gold but then help those people somehow help them evolve you know maybe they're responsible for us in some way and you know and then some of the ideas is or are that you know they came they did this whatever they did over a period of time and they just left they're like okay we're out we've done what we needed to do we got what we needed to get you're on your own and then some other people say that well you know maybe they never left and then right, there's even other right. people who say, well, they come back every now and again. Wow. I know, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's, it's, it, really, it really is. It's, you know, I was, I was just thinking about where, you know, how you were talking about um, the sense of, of being, becoming like a higher self. You know, they had created homo sapiens to mine for gold to help them. But we also have our own trajectory, our, our own sense, our, our own path of, of um, you know, just say, for instance, with spirituality, where we want to help one another and we want to connect and we want, you know, it's, it's interesting where it's like, okay, if that story is true, now even the an- Anyaki, is that the? the, anu- that the? Anunnaki. Anunnaki. Yeah. Like they're even a part of something greater right yeah it's it's just so interesting how when you when you kind of look at it and you open up the universe and 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 you realize like how we're yeah how we're all connected there's a lot of people who are sort of caught up in what they perceive to be differences between people on this planet but at the end of the day we have much more in common than we do you know, in terms of differences yeah. with that through line being that we all are human beings, or at least most of us. Mm. Um, and then, you know, thinking outside of our planet, what are those through lines that connect us to other beings that may be out there? Yeah. So um, I wanted to start wrapping up this conversation um, by kind of bringing it around to the music. Cause again, you know, it's all about the music. Music is that universal language that speaks to all of us and may even speak to others outside of our planet as well. Yep. And yep. may be one of those things that binds us together that we have in common uh, day and night. Can you talk about that song? The story to that was I had the, the, the music to it. I had a, uh, 
come up with lyrics. Uh, I had like basically a couple hours in the studio before I had to go to probably like pick my son up from school. And, um, and, uh, the, the song idea came through, I recorded it. I actually lost the, I lost the recording. Um, I had had a hard drive that I had I had a lot of uh, different recording sessions on that ended up breaking, oh. and I thought I thought that that was on that that hard drive. So I had been looking for it, I couldn't find it, and I was like, "Oh, it must have been on that hard drive." Bummer. That's you know. And then I just tried to you know just keep on moving forward and not really you know focus on it too much. And right. and then one day through uh, yeah, I was I I happened to find it basically long story short I, I found him like yes it was lost and then it was found yes so um no but it's uh it's it's it was kind of different for me because it kind of felt like um like a really poppy type song that I it, it just seemed a little different for me to write but it actually was something that was um very uh in the moment and felt actually very just transparent through me you know it's something that that i was very happy to have found and cool. uh, as, as soon as i found it i i'm like all right i'm gonna get this mastered i'm gonna put this out and my friend heidi did the uh the cover art for it and so yeah yeah the cover very, art is amazing thanks yeah yeah, yeah. The, heidi kept the art music is just wonderful to listen to and you also have another album which is um instrumental can you talk about that like first of all what's the album called and can you talk about some of the um the motivation behind doing an uh album that's all instrumental that album uh is is called cycles and it's basically an hour-long continuous mix um i actually had had recorded it live it's basically uh fired from meditation and i was more focusing on something that was repetitive, like different, different pieces that were repetitive, hence it being called cycles. Sort of like a, like a mantra or. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be, you know, specific where like, oh, this is just meditation music or just, you know, you can only do meditation or yoga or or something. It's, it's something that I, I want people to feel they can do anything with that. It's more focused on, on breathing through whatever that you're doing and, and, and those cycles. Um, and so it's, it's inspired from that. Yeah, definitely highly recommend go out. If you have not heard it already, check out cycles, check out day and night. And, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Quill, uh, Quill, what is your website? How can people find your music? Yep. You can go to quillmusic.com. It's uh, quill is spelled Q W I L L. So quillmusic.com will bring you to my, um, my Bandcamp page, which all my music is on there and there are dates on there. And, um, yeah, I'm all, you know, on Facebook and iTunes and Spotify, Instagram, all that stuff. Yep. So all the usual yep. suspects. Yep. So yeah, yep. definitely check it out. And yep. Quill, thank you again for joining us. It was just very yep. nice having you on this journey. Uh, great conversation. Thanks. Love the music. Super talented. Thank you so much for gracing us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys out there in watcher land and listener land for listening and watching uh, yet another session of audio. And we'll see you next time around. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening, folks. Get a full transcript of this episode along with phrases to Google, links, and more at audio.com, O-D-D-D-I-O.com. And while you're there, sign up for our official email list to get first dibs on new stuff. Also, like, subscribe, and click the notification bell on our YouTube channel for the latest videos. Audio is a registered subsidiary of Papa Grace and Oshun 55 LLC, all rights reserved. 